What's going on, everyone? This is City Wrestling Radio, and this is City Wrestling Radio Retro Reviews. I'm your host, I'm Corey Smith, hanging out in the Diamond Studio. No Diamond Mine relation. They took the name from us, but it's Roderick Strong and Malcolm Biv, and we'll let them have it. Nonetheless, I'm Corey Smith, hanging out here at Diamond Studio with my co-host, the ever-so-lovely and talented Mr. Jose Oseguera. How are you doing, Mr. Smith, and how's everybody there in YouTube land doing? I hope you're doing well, and we're in December, so happy holidays, Merry Christmas, happy Hanukkah, happy Kwanzaa, everybody. And uh, as Big E celebrates uh, uh, the tradition of Festivus. For the rest of us. Yeah, did you notice that in the past couple of weeks he's had a Festivus uh, gear? I did not notice. It says Happy Festivus on his... Uh, nice! Yeah. Oh, I'm going to have to tune in. So, Big E confirmed Seinfeld fan. So Who's not? You know, doing a little yada, yada, yada. But nonetheless, mm-hmm. we're here Kirby to talk... enthusiasm is awesome this, this year. We're not here to talk about Big E. <laughs> so... We're here to talk about Starcade 1997... Sting, Hulk Hogan, the the climax of a what like a fifteen month build, just about yes, from summer to summer and then on into the winter and then and then some. Mm-hmm. But we're gonna talk about the entire show. Uh, we're gonna go through it: the good, the bad, and the ever so. Uh, Steve Mongo, McMichael, Bill Goldberg, ugly. Whoa, 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 whoa! Let's not say that's the ugly moment. There was plenty of ugly moments on this show. I could, I could point out a few that were uglier. Uh, but, but, you know, we're going to get into all that. Before we do, don't forget. <laughs> oh, to, you, you almost spilled it. You almost spilled don't it. Don't forget to check us out on uh, on social media because that's what makes podcasts uh, live. We thrive. It's like the, the blood vein of a podcast is our social media. So check us out on Instagram. That's at City Wrestling Radio. And that's the same for Facebook, at City Wrestling Radio. But if you want to check us out on Twitter, that's at CWR415. Five, uh, but yeah. So, I guess we'll get right into it. WCW Starcade. Um, Jose, what did you think of the show overall? So much build, so much emotion, so much <laughs> anticipation. So this could be the biggest and the best wrestling event ever. <laughs> That's how it was booked the entire night. Yeah, it had the potential though, it, it, but it never lived up to it. And we we have a lot to say about the main event. Um, lackluster undercard. You would think some, but it'd be a little bit better. I mean, with all the different personalities you had at the time, you think you know you'd come up with a better uh, undercard. But it didn't really. I don't know. I don't know. It just never really you know reached that peak for me. Yeah, so basically, Starcade 1997, we say, is the culmination of a 15-month storyline of Sting uh, going after Hulk Hogan for the title um, and trying to take out the NWO, you know, and winning the title. Uh, also, it was kind of like, I feel, it was kind of the first, um, like, nail in the heart of the NWO. Oh, like, they jumped the shark right after this, this event, yeah. Yeah, because it was... Cause like I'm seeing like after afterwards, okay. Because Eric Bischoff faces Larry Zabisco later for control mm-hmm. of Monday Nitro, mm-hmm. which I was like, what? But apparently J.J. Dillon allowed Zabisco to represent WCW to wrestle Bischoff. I don't know why he didn't just pick Goldberg or someone like that. But mm-hmm. hey, there you go. 
Well, um, they were both in the announce booth at the time. I'm assuming that's the logic. And this is all uh, WCW uh, trying to show unity against the NWO. Um, but I don't know. I felt like it was just a, a bunch of flusteredness all night with everyone. Because yeah, yeah. there was a lot of people missing from the show, too. Um, and I, you know what's funny? There's a lot mm. of NWO themes I don't remember. <laughs> They're all yeah, just gen- yeah. They're all just generic guitar riffs, and and kind of like remixes of the original NWO. Theme. Yeah, yeah, and but they're always just the same, like new, 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 new world or for mm-hmm. for, for life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it was just funny. Um, yeah. And we didn't get Voodoo Child. You think for Starcade '97? Well, at least for this paper, we don't get. Just we don't add get that in. We don't get. No. Um, we don't get Voodoo Child on any on anything anymore on Peacock, yeah. man. Yeah, to continue the thread, no soup for you. So, leading up to this pay-per-view, the Nitro, did you watch the Nitro before? I did not. Well, I mean, I did, but not in lead up to this. uh, You're like I did in 1997. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Okay, so the Nitro before this pay-per-view, within the first, like, I'm, okay, so I'm kind of confused because a lot of reports say after the first hour, the NWO takes over, and this is where the historical NWO Monday Nitro takes place, where they um, they put, you know, banners that say NWO Nitro. They give everyone a shirt that says NWO Monday Nitro. They're asking out all the, the ring announcers, are you with us? Are you against us? And I just realized my background is not playing, so. Did it. I was on such a roll, too. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're always going to have this jinx about us. No, you guys aren't ready. Not 100%. Yeah. There we go. Okay. <laughs> it was teased. So, what's going to... No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, basically, where was I? Um, Monday Nitro, they had... Monday Nitro leading they, up to this. Was Nitro two hours or one hour? I mean, uh, was well, it okay, two this, hours or three hours? This is what I'm confused by, because... A lot of reports say, oh, after the first hour, NWO took over, and then the next two hours uh, were was NWO Nitro. Two hours? Yeah, the next two no. hours. Wow. I, I remember one hour, but... But oh, but here's the thing, because when you watch the episode of Nitro, there's when Bischoff's on the microphone, he's saying, you want to go three hours? Let's go three hours. Mm. So okay. I, I, I don't know what... You know. That may have been the debut of three hours because they were going head to head with Raw. I remember Raw it, after the first hour, and they went into the nine o'clock or the ten o'clock hour. Raw became Raw is War. Yeah, or the War Zone or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I think that was because they were able to uh, differentiate the two shows. Like one can be TV MA and the other one can be TV fourteen. Mm-hmm. Um, so. And it was the the. I think it started at nine and went on to eleven. Right. Yeah. So they had that breaking point. Okay, at 10 o'clock, just like with South Park. I think South Park actually led the way here. At 10 o'clock, you could say the word shit. Yeah. And from then on, you know, the USA was like, ha, 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 loophole. Yeah. Um, so anyways, uh, but then when I watched on Peacock this episode, it was within the first, like, 30 minutes that NWO took over. So. Mm. Special edition. Yeah. Um, the NWO took over Monday Nitro. And kind of a premature celebration, uh, you know, basically saying this is what you're going to see every Monday night from here on out. It was a kind of cool, um, cool little segment. I don't know. I always like takeovers. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I like NXT takeovers, but I also like um, Rest in peace. 
Yeah. Uh, but I also like, like when Nexus took over WWE ring, when, mm-hmm. you know, anyone takes over a ring area. I think it's awesome. It's cool. Gang mentality in wrestling, you know, who, who doesn't love it? <laughs> uh, but then we come to Starcade, where, like I said, it's pretty much NWO versus WCW all night. Uh, the show kicks off with a preview of Crow 2. Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. That's a a, a package for Sting. Um, pretty, pretty effing cool, man. It's cool. Uh, I'm not going to lie, but it, it is like shot for shot a Sting ripoff or a, a Crow ripoff. Sure. You know, like, I don't know. Like, I know we've accepted it over the years mm-hmm. and Sting has, I think, grown in popularity to above Brandon Lee's uh, portrayal of the crow. Yeah. And the crow character in general. But well, Sting is what keeps it alive. Will we still be talking about the crow, you know, 40 years later? That's what I'm saying. So I think Sting is like, he's taking that look, you mm-hmm. know, you think of people with those looks that are the most famous. You think Sting, you think crow, then you think chess man, you know? <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, and, and I mean, he's still referred to uh, in, you know, in the internet, as you know, the crow sting. Yeah. Whenever he changes his face paint a little bit, he's, you know, oh, he got rid of the crow sting look. Now he's the Darby sting. Well, oh yeah, this this a uh, couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I wonder if he'll ever return. Like you know, he's still wrestling nowadays, lightly in AEW. But I wonder if he'll ever bust out surfer sting again. You know, I yeah, wonder no, if he'll he ain't coming back. Ever see that in some respects or another? Maybe with some like board shorts or something. <laughs> I don't know. Have to shave it. He would have to shave his head completely off. I think if they like just like no face paint, just give him some like just let him be surfer sting without the face paint, just in like a shot, like background, just like, what's up, guys? Yeah. And like, he would if, have to be bald, right? Well, like, he, he can no, go blonde again. No, no, no. Just I'm not saying go blonde. I'm just saying like, you know, get sting out of face paint a couple of times. Mm-hmm. I, I, I like that. I enjoy that. You bring on the jacks, the jacket with the tassels. Yeah. Uh, so basically, all WCW talent has attended this uh, show, and we are told, we are told that they have all bought tickets with their own money. Which uh, you're cheap, WCW. I don't know how to, I don't know how to feel about this. But dude, they jipped them. Oh, uh, no, no, it's okay. I'll pay for tickets. Well, no, at the same no. time, it's like, how many extra seats did they have to let? Mm-hmm. There was a good amount of people in the crowd. You know, you had Mortis, you had Alex Wright, Rey Mysterio Jr., Harlem Heat, Sonny Ono eating a. Bucket of popcorn all night. Mm-hmm. Ultimo Dragon. Yeah, Ultimo uh, Dragon. Everyone was in the crowd pretty much. Trying Mortis. To... Did you say Mortis? Yeah, Mortis was there. Uh, what's his name? The the former NXT trainer that like, Bill DeMont, mm-hmm. you know, was that Hugh Erection or what was his name? Hugh Morris. Hugh Morris, yeah. So. But, and I think he was Hugh Erection too. So then we're also told uh, that Nash isn't going to be here tonight. You know, there are some conflicting ports, reports of what happened to Nash. Um, Let's hear him. Well, a lot of people, you know, a lot of people speculated, oh, he didn't want to do the job to the giant, which I think is kind of like, it's kind of dumb because you're a wrestler and, you know, it's your job. He's done favors before. He's done jobs. He's done plenty of jobs in his career. Mm -hmm. There was also the report by Dave Meltzer that uh, Nash suffered a heart attack. uh, What? I've never heard this. So basically what happened is heart attacks his father died of a heart attack at a young age hmm. and so therefore he was having some symptoms that he thought were related to a heart attack mm, he went to the hospital 
And uh, it turns out, according to Eric Bischoff on the 83 Weeks podcast, that it wasn't a heart attack more so than something to do with his leg workout creating an enzyme to create some sort of reaction. So basically he was having some issues feeling like he was having a heart attack. He wasn't having a heart attack. He was pulled from the show. Um, and also not just Nash being gone from the show, but Conan is missing from the show too. Um, reports are that uh, Conan, I believe his girlfriend at the time or it was his wife. I, I don't remember which one it was. I, I, I'm not saying like which one, like, mm-hmm. like he had two, but I can't remember if it was his wife or <laughs> at the time, if, the, yeah. if he was married to this woman or not. Um, uh, I, I guess like I gave um, like early birth to a stillborn and he Damn, couldn't leave Mexico. Yeah. So, you know, I don't know, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Um, we move on to the first match of the night and that's going to be uh, uh, Dean Malenko. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You're skipping over one major. What's that? Here. What's that? What's that? It's uh, that <laughs> apparently they put a whole bunch of names in a hat and they pulled no, out. The, that was later. That, that was later. We're told that. But I, yeah, OK, we'll, we'll talk about that anyway. OK, they, they kind of went over it. The ref was to be decided uh, by name out of that. We'll talk to you about it a little later. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, yeah. Well, yeah, the because whole... the, the announcers announced this. It wasn't J.J. Dillon. Dillon talked about it later on. Yeah, we'll get, we'll get there. But uh, Dean Malenko versus Eddie Guerrero for the Cruiserweight Championship. So, um, first off, Dean Malenko is uh, is haunting our WCW reviews. Yeah, it looks from, like he loves our show. Uh, not, what, what's not, when you say when people say when somebody's passed and they say beyond the grave. What's when somebody's living? What's not beyond in front of? He's haunting us from in front of the grave, <laughs> which I guess is fucked up to say, but he's haunting us from AEW, the AEW he's, trainers room. Yeah. Because this is two times haunting us. Yeah. It's two times in a row for WCW pay per views that he's opened the show from different years. Yeah. 1996 and 1997, both for the Cruiserweight title. Um, different results, though. Uh, in the first time in Havoc 96, he won the title and uh, against Eddie Guerrero, who was a larger <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, cruiserweight, he uh, did not. But uh, apparently he um, was not very happy about being here at Starcade that night because he or he and his wife, his wife gave birth on the 25th. Mm-hmm. You know, in Starcade, what was it? Starcade took place on the 29th, I believe. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, apparently he kept letting um, WCW office know and they never booked a replacement match. And he just kind of, I gotta be there. Yeah, I'm here guys. Exactly. Um, so this match, I mean, what can I say? It was a good match and it was the best match of the show. Dean Malenko and Eddie Guerrero, but it wasn't by far either of their best matches. You know what I'm saying? It, 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 you're right. It wasn't. First of all, crowd is effing hot. For this for the opener they are ready to go they are jacked and juiced and yeah you're exactly right i mean this match could have been a thousand times better but we're not in japan yeah well yeah no i i know but i don't know uh yeah i i yeah i've even seen better matches in wcw that on nitro and stuff right yeah yeah 
Uh, so Eddie putting some distance between him and Malenko usually using the official Charles Robinson, who doesn't look a day older than he did in 1997. <laughs> uh, despite okay. Guerrero getting the first strikes on Malenko, Malenko quickly took over with a series of strikes back and forth between the two. Uh, we get an eye poke to Malenko, spinning stomps to Malenko. Eddie goes for a suplex, but Malenko hits a series of knees to Eddie. Uh, then Eddie um, hits a, he hits a front-falling suplex onto the ropes. Then Eddie powers uh, Malenko into the corner with multiple shoulder uh, thrusts. I don't know what I was trying to type there, but hey, it was thrust. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Malenko goes for the suplex, and Eddie escapes uh, the maneuver over the ropes and hits uh, Malenko's neck on the ropes, which looked pretty devastating to me. I mean, in my opinion, because he like got out of the, you know what I mean? And then snap, got out of the suplex and then snap mirrored him onto the ropes. Yeah. Going out of the ring. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Dean goes for the clover leaf, but his knee is too weakened. The Eddie powers out quickly. Eddie hits a missile dropkick to Malenko's knee. Eddie runs to the other side of the ring, hits a frog splash. Cause you know, Eddie's feeling froggy. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's the one time I'll ever do that ever again because right. I fucking hate it. I hate it yeah, so yeah. much. Anytime anybody hits a frog splash now, oh, somebody's feeling froggy. Yeah, yeah. And it, it feels like if uh, you're Mexican, it's a prerequisite to do the shoulder shimmy. Yeah. yeah. Come on, you guys. I, you know. Yeah. Come I, on, you guys. I, I know. I hear you, man. <laughs> so he hits the frog splash, gets the pin on Dean Malenko. Good match. Not like I said. Good match, best match of the show, but hey, uh, uh, you I don't really think I, it's setting a high bar. Yeah, no, uh, but I do uh, want to give praise to Eddie's uh, work when he's doing the logic on Dimalenko's legs. That's some innovative stuff that he was going through, and for you know, 1997 to 2021, you don't see much logic like that nowadays. Yeah, no, I mean, I so, hear you. you know, big ups, old school. Um. um Good match. Uh, there were a, fisk- a few miscommunications, and it felt like this was nowhere near each man's best match. But uh, far from it. But hey, it was a good match. Uh, yeah. Scott Hall comes to the ring. Uh, he does his shtick. He does his survey. Hey yo, hey, which one? Which bad guys win? Good guys zero. Mm-hmm. Uh, he basically lets us know that uh, big sexy Kevin Nash will not be there tonight. And uh, he says, hey, hey, giant, you won. Ooh. He, <laughs> I don't know. Looking back at Scott Hall, I just like, like, are you drunk, dude? Like, yeah, we, uh, he seemed mm. a little tipsy and he wasn't wrestling. So, like, why not? You know yeah, I mean? yeah. Like me oh, personally. Let me just get some juice to, you know, get happy. My work was like, hey, hang out all night. I'd be like, all right. <laughs> have a drink? Cool. Yeah, sure. Why not? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah totally. Um, I just want to say that I want one of those uh, outsider T-shirts. Yeah, the simplest T-shirt. It's not that great, but I think you can it's get dope. It. I think it's pretty cool. I think you might have to give it and give WWE some money for that. Yeah, right. Um, I I just I can't do it, man. I I've, I've given WWE too much money over the years, and now I'm just like, I don't know. It's to me, it's I had enough. Some of the <laughs> stuff that they sell. It's just first off, I'm not even really buying a lot of like I'll buy shirts like this, you know, yeah. like a war game shirt. Like, look. Mm-hmm. Look, it's a classic War Games match right there. See, look, there's Dakota Kai. There's Raquel Gonzalez. There's, oh, there, look, there's Mandy Rose right there. That's Toxic Attraction. Wow. <laughs> NXT 2.0 War Games. Kidding. I don't even know which War Games this is, uh, but 
Anyways. Who's really on it? I have no fucking clue, dude. I, I can't tell. No, I, 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 I have no idea. They're person. just like, um, I guess probably Four Horsemen. Okay, uh, four Horsemen, they were in every single War Games. I'm thinking maybe uh, the Road Warriors, uh, Sting and Dusty. Sure. Sounds good. I like that match. Um, then we move on. Uh, oh, yeah. Giant comes out. He beats down Hall. He hits the jackknife powerbomb on Hall. So... Then we get our next match tonight. We get a six-man tag. Uh, the NWO, Scott Norton, Vincent, and uh, sorry for peeking the microphone, but hey, uh, Vincent and um, uh, Macho Man, the returning Macho Man Randy Savage. Now, one thing that annoys me is when the there's always like the mystery partner, but it's like, the two people will come out first, then the three opponents, and then the mystery partner for the first team will come out. I know yeah. it's stupid. I know the things I pay attention to, things like that are dumb sometimes. A lot of people don't care. They want to hear no, about like. But it's so like, easily solved. Just, just have the mystery partner and that team come in second. There, problem solved. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have this weird, you know, OCD uh, agita you're putting people through. Yeah. So. Uh, so yeah, Macho Man's returning because, like I said, Conan's not a part of this uh, match. Um, uh, apparently, Macho Man was put in the la- like I said last minute because Conan's not here. And- well, how can you not have Macho Man on the show to begin with? Well, <laughs> this is Starcade. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Well, you know, Conan and Vincent and uh, Scott Norton. You know, the, apparently the reasoning for it was you know, Eric Bischoff going on, you know, something about like, oh, the, a movie, you don't not the the second act isn't as big as the last act of a movie. So which I could kind of get behind. We're still in the first act. Yeah. Well, <laughs> the, the, he's saying like the first act, it shouldn't be as big. You know, it should be like big, bigger, 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 biggest. You know what I'm saying? Sure, sure. But you have to tell the story, though. Yeah. You know what I mean? You have to establish the characters, establish the night, the vibe of the night. You have to establish all that. And okay, Randy actually in this position is is good. But if Conan wasn't absent, there would be no Macho Man at all. Yeah. Well, they had to have Vincent on the show. So they had to. Yeah. <laughs> he showed up like three or four times. <laughs> yeah, he did. Uh, he was he was like the NWO leader at that point. Can we talk about how Liz just got hotter and hotter as time going on? She's pretty, she's pretty, very, very pretty, mm-hmm. pretty lady. I don't know. I mean, she, I, she's, I always thought she looked pretty good. She looked like, like, uh, I don't know, I'm fucking more objectifying a dead woman, but, uh, I'm giving her props. I'm sorry. She looked good whenever in every era. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, macho man, uh, tags, uh, uh, pretty much, um, Oh, he takes the entire length of his NWO theme to get to the ring, which I thought was funny. Like he literally mm-hmm. the end of the theme song played of the NWO theme. What is this? New Japan? Uh, it's like your second New Japan reference tonight. Oh, well, we do have Scott Norton, former IWGP heavyweight champion in this match. So number three reference. Uh, like an ant crawling on me somewhere. Yeah. Uh, so basically NWO is facing the Steiner brothers and Ray Taylor, the former big boss man, Ray Taylor or, Ray Trailer, I'm sorry. Trailer, trailer, trailer. Trailer, he's just. Uh, <laughs> I don't like the big boss man. Like I, when I was a kid, I had I dressed like him one year, for but I was like three or four. 
So it probably wasn't your choice. And it was one of those ones where it was just like the full suit. You just put it over your clothes and then you put the mask mm-hmm. on, like the plastic, plastic. mask. Yeah. 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 And, uh, yeah. But um, he's wearing like a cut, like a sweatshirt with the sleeves cut off and mm-hmm. leather pants. Mm-hmm. Like it's not flattering and he doesn't look good in the ring. And I don't know. We're two for two now talking about people who've passed, but like. I'm sure it's not his fault. We're in the reality era. So I'm sure Eric Bischoff was like, why don't you just wear something you wear around the house? What'd you wear to the bar yesterday? <laughs> wear around the house. He's like walks in with like, with like a boxer briefs, with like holes in it, like holes. Bunny just like slippers. Yeah. Yeah. One bunny, one dragon. Yeah. He's got like, yeah, I couldn't find one. I had to use one of my wives. <laughs> Uh, so let's talk about this match. Okay, it, this is a boring match, right? Yeah, it sucked. I kind of dozed off during it. Yeah. I mean, I, I kept waking up, but I don't know. It was just one of those ones I just didn't care about. It, there was no build to it. It was just NWO versus WCW. Yeah. And you know what? I did notice that they were like, um, they're doing this thing that we complain a lot about today's wrestling where the uh, faces act like heels. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if they were trying to plant the seeds for Scott. Uh, Steiner's turn, but it felt like he was totally a heel in this match. Scott Scott Steiner, you saw Scott Steiner, not Scott Norton, right? You said Scott Steiner. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Scott Steiner is a total the, the big heel. booty daddy. He's a total heel, no matter <laughs> what. I got my thing going on right over here, Nash. <laughs> oh um, my god! Oh, I forgot about that. Oh, we just talked about it too. Um, he, he. It's funny because I think even looking back. I've seen some matches where when him with the standard bros, when he had like long hair and he was a total heel then too, like he was kind of a dick, like in some of his like interviews. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but once he, uh, once he started growing that goatee, Oh, it was done. He was like, yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, I want to go heel JJ, Eric, let's go. <laughs> so, I don't know. Uh, this match sucked though, but apparently the end of the match was changed because of the addition of Macho Man Randy Savage. And the end was actually the highlight of the match. So um, uh, Ray Taylor did one thing that was good and uh, hit Vincent with a side <laughs> slam. Is that what I wrote? Damn. Uh, the face is isolated. Uh, Big Boss Man had a really cool side, side yeah. slam. Uh, eventually, Norton uh, hits a fall away slam and Scott Steiner uh, on Scott Steiner and Macho Man hits the elbow. Um the pin and win. I don't know. There we go. Macho Man gets his elbow. That's a, that's a cool. That's cool. That's always nice, right? Mm-hmm. It's not like that CM Punk fucking elbow, but it's a Macho Man elbow, so it's you know the best one. The best one. Other than uh, what's her name? Oh, why am I blanking on her name? Oh, you know God. who I'm talking about? Kyrie Sane. Ka- yep. Kyrie Sane. She's like tiny, so she's just like she just floats through there. She's just like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. She, well, she like, goes full. She goes up like ninety feet, and then starts yeah. like slowly falling down, and then yeah. with the the speed and velocity coming down, you know. Mm-hmm. No, and I love that she goes full horizontal. Yeah, like her legs kick up over her head. Um, so this we is when behind the scenes highlights. Behind the scenes, what's yeah? That? We go behind the scenes next. I don't know why. What's that? Uh, that's what it says on the notes. We uh. went behind the scenes, and then Mean Gene announces the website. Oh, maybe they were talking about the, um, they were doing one of those, go to WCWWrestling.com. At least they weren't like, at least they got with the times because what was it? Like a year prior, they're like, check us out on the internet. That's WCWWrestling.com. Yeah, right. 
www.wcwrestling.com. That's www.wcwrestling.com. Join us on the World Wide Web. Now they're like, hey, we're on wcwrestling.com. Check us out. Mm-hmm. Cool. And Chris Jericho wasn't there like, type this. No, we had Eddie Guerrero this time. Yeah. And he was like in his like, I don't want to say like Target brand 90s t-shirt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but like you know, when you see him in the shirt, it's like you can tell. It's like, yeah, he probably bought that at Target for like 30 bucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which, yeah. Uh, so J.J. Dillon, he's with me and Gene Okerlund. Uh J.J., he says, in order to find a fair ref for tonight, they put all the names of the referees in a hat, and they uh, will pick one at random, which, I don't know. Well, what do you well, what, what do you think of this, Jose? You're a multi-million dollar company, and you're drawing names out of a hat? Well, you know, he can't Even pick. the NBA has a lottery ball thing going on. Uh, you can use, uh, you know, how many times this referee has been knocked out in the ring. Oh, this guy's three. This guy, none. How many times has this guy made the bad call? This guy, five times. This guy, eight times. million different things you could have done. No, let's draw a name out of a hat. I wonder who it's going to be. And the name pulled was Nick Patrick. Of course it is. So, rumor and innuendo has it that um, (laughs) it was supposed to be Earl Hebner. Yeah, I heard that. Yeah. So uh, they were trying to get Earl Hebner for this show. I think that's a bull, bull cheese rumor. Uh, uh, he was under WWF contract. Was he, he wasn't going to go anywhere. Was Vince wasn't going to let him go for one night. Or did they fire uh, him at the time? Didn't they fire him after the screw job? I don't remember. So maybe you're coming to the wrong place. Maybe. Maybe they could have got Dave Hebner then, right? Exactly. Never maybe, trust the, a maybe WWF had uh, Dave. Okay, but you really think because uh, Bret Hart was hot at the time with uh, Earl, and he had major heat with him. So yeah, that wouldn't have been a good idea. <laughs> you just see if I can Bret. Because you saw he, he did take a swing at, at uh, Nick Patrick. So he's too good of a guy. Can you imagine if that was Earl? Oh my god. Uh, so let me go to our next match of the night. The uh, the highlight reel is what I call it. Bill Goldberg, and not just Goldberg, but Bill Goldberg, facing Steve Mongo McMichael. Okay, I, I I don't remember where along his win streak is. I'm guessing around 175, maybe 100, 150. This is when they stopped like taking that, yeah. care. Right? Uh, yeah, something like that, I believe. Yeah, okay, so on my notes, I forgot this match happened. My, on my notes, the first line said, oh, this should be gold. Golden. It should be Goldberg. Yeah. Get it? <laughs> no. Um, Knee slapper. Yeah. Sorry. Um, I was basically, when I saw this pop on, I didn't know it was happening on the show. And you, cause you picked this show and I was like, oh my God. Oh my God. But I will say this. It didn't really, it didn't do anything for me. Like either way. Like it wasn't one of those matches where I was like, Oh my God, this is such a horrible match. There were a few spots that looked bad, mm-hmm. um, but they had a lot of enthusiasm. They tried to seem like they seemed like they were wanting, they wanted to fight. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So I'll give them that. Um, were they good wrestlers? Was this a good wrestling match? No. You're but getting it, two super green football players. But was it, uh, did it seem like a, a scuffle? Yeah, it did. And I was cool with that. So I was a little scared uh, that someone would get hurt or someone would get busted open the wrong way and we would have a legit fight, super shoot, 
Um, but luckily that didn't happen. Nobody got hurt. Everybody looked fine. Uh, I was entertained. Uh, it wasn't shitty. Uh, yeah, Mongo is just Mongo's Mongo. Oh, he, I'm gonna he's, hold. Yeah, you, you, he's gonna have miscues. He's not gonna take the right bump. He's you know. He, well, did you see that spear he took? Yeah. Jesus. He, he, usually, if someone takes a spear, they hit the spear and the person falls back. Like, uh, Goldberg hits the spear and Mongo just goes, bam. Yeah. <laughs> like, falls and, flat back. I was like, and, and he's a football player, too. So I was like, oh my God. Yeah. So he, he didn't know how to take a tackle? Um, so then um, they get the table out. Um, Mongo is put on the apron and punched. He falls through the table. The crowd chants ECW. And for some reason, after being put through a table, he mounts a comeback. <laughs> he goes back in the ring. He goes, I'm fine. I shook it off. Well, it's just a table. Wow. I guess. <laughs> uh, but anyways, long story short, Goldberg hits the jackhammer, the pin, and the win. And he uh, continues the winning streak of Bill Goldberg. Yeah. And they were referring to him as Goldberg. They dropped the bill. Well, it said on his. It was back and forth. It was back and forth. Yeah, they, they, you know, but like they did say, like I remember watching that um, episode of Nitro, and they were like, "Check us out, WCW Saturday Night. We got Bill Goldberg in attendance." Mm-hmm. And you know, he comes out his lower third says Bill Goldberg. It doesn't mm-hmm. say Goldberg. So yeah, no, they weren't really in the business of cutting people's names up. Yeah. Uh, then we get uh, Raven coming out to the ring. He saunters to the ring. Uh, when he gets to the ring, he says. When I came to WCW, I stated, I want, I will not conform to their rules. I will not conform to their corporate structure. I always made sure certain stipulations were made, included that I would wrestle when, where, and who I want and decide not to wrestle tonight. Damn. Apparently he has Hogan's contract. Whoa. Apparently he was uh, not medically cleared to wrestle. Hmm. So. Uh, funny, funny little side note here. Um, in the previous match, or maybe in the little segments before, we saw um, you know a flash of the flock in the crowd. Yeah, you know we saw Billy Kidman, we saw all those guys, right? And I think Mike today was like, "Well, there's Raven. You wonder where the flock is tonight, <laughs> bro? We just saw them. They're right there. They're well, right there. Ringside." Leading up to this, Raven has been kind of missing from the flock. Well, he wasn't in the flock when they they yeah. showed him in the crowd. Yeah. But man, why would you? Someone wasn't paying attention. So uh, Benoit, or sorry, he um, he says he's going to wrestle when he wants, where he wants, and he won't wrestle tonight. And uh, he says Perry Saturn is going to wrestle Chris Benoit tonight instead of him. So okay, so we get Perry Saturn. Versus Chris Benoit. Now, doesn't Perry Saturn, this iteration of Perry Saturn, look like his name should be like Sergeant Rock and he should be like a character in an anime or like a video game? Like, oh, and I think later on it gets even worse because he starts rocking a beret. Yeah, well, like he has like this this little flat top in the middle of his head. Mm-hmm. He's mm-hmm. got like the like these big pants. They look like army pants. Mm-hmm. And then the, the boots, yeah. So he was kind of like the 1990s version of Rocky, not Rocky Balboa, but um, oh god, uh, Rambo. Okay, uh, I was thinking more of Rambo's other version is the dude from the Expendables. Oh, that guy. Sylvester Stallone in the I don't know his hey, name. Hey, I'm you know. an old mob Sylvester Stallone. Uh, 
I'm expendable. How you doing? So Benoit, he's on the mic. He's talking smack to Raven. Saturn attacks him from behind. They get some back and forth action. Um, oh, yeah. And also Perry Saturn, like I said, his name should be like Sergeant Rock. He looks like he would also be like, you know, Guile from Street Fighter. Yes. Like his his opposite. You know what I mean? <laughs> Like yeah. he would be like his nemesis, <laughs> like negative guy. Like Guile's yeah. like, oh, that's Sergeant Rock. We we went to military school together, but he defected to the yeah, like Ryu to a he Akuma. gave secrets Akuma? to yeah, exactly Ryu yeah. to Akuma. Mm-hmm. You got Guile to Perry Saturn. Yeah. Um. So then other flock members become more apparent at ringside. Kidman uh, attempted something on the edge of the ring, but is knocked out by Benoit. Oops. Springboard elbow to Benoit by Sick Boy. A shooting star pressed to Benoit by Kidman off the side of the ring. Uh, we get a hangman leg drop to Benoit. We're informed that Raven uh, was all. He's also made this uh, basically. He's basically commissioner because he made this a Raven's rule match. Mm-hmm. Which I don't know how he gets to do this. Every now, match he has is Raven's rules. Question. This uh-huh. is this was supposed to be the big payoff for Raven, but never happened. Mm-hmm. Raven was supposed to be exposed as like this rich kid, like eventually, which makes mm-hmm. sense the way this is booked. Like if he had money to back himself up like this, like he paid for all these stipulations to be in his contract mm-hmm. makes sense. But he paid for all these cronies to follow him around. Yeah, exactly. You know, like I'll support you guys like just and he gets all the homeless kids, which is even weirder. Method. <laughs> yeah, all the all like the. The misguided drug. Why does Kidman keep scratching his face? He's addicted to methamphetamines. God. The character, not the real person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We know, you know. The character who's in the flock. He's, I think he's had some troubled past. Tori Wilson would not have relations with a meth head. I promise you that. Well, I don't don't put that past her. (laughs) Anyways, we get a modified brain buster to Benoit. We're showed another clip of the WCW roster in the crowd. And this is when we're told that they're paid to be here, their flight, hotel, and admission, which, mm-hmm. like I said before, cheap, 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 cheap. Yeah. Oh, I have a question, though. Yeah. So can they be allowed to go into, they should be, right? Go into the back instead of buying concessions. Just go to catering and then no. come to. No, Jose. They're not scheduled to be there. They're not on the schedule today. Can I just walk into my work on my day off and just start using <laughs> the computer? No, you should be able to. Really. I, mean, I probably could. They probably be like, what are you doing here? I'll be like, I have to use the computer over. They're like, oh, okay, cool. But um, no, I guess not. Because Sonny Ono is like eating a thing of popcorn the entire night. Uh, Benoit looks, uh, locks in a cross face on the outside, but is attacked by the flock. We get a long flying headbutt to Saturn. Eventually the flock hit the ring. Uh, Raven and Benoit go face to face. And then th- with the help of Hammer, the former Van Hammer, Raven hits a double arm DDT to Benoit, which he wasn't medically cleared, so I don't know why they let him do that. Rings the <laughs> Saturn to uh, Benoit. We get the uh, he he just passes out. Uh, TKO, I guess, right? That's yeah. what we came up with. That yeah. Uh, Sergeant Rock beats Chris Benoit. I really like this match actually. I'll, I'll be honest, there was a lot of fuckery, but it was the flock, so you expected mm-hmm. that. And Perry Saturn's really good. Chris Benoit's really good. Yeah, I mean, Chris, you know, yeah, Chris Benoit. Like I said, we've given that disclaimer before, talking about mm-hmm. the match. Um, but yeah, I, it, it, it was good. And like I said, 
you know, Tony Schiavone actually stood out here. Like before, I used to think that he was a, a lamo, right? But um, really, actually, yeah, I, I, didn't, I, I, I didn't like you know, Schiavone until recently. I, yeah, me too. Me too. Uh, I, you know, I was, you know, a, a know nothing kid, but now I appreciate Tony Schiavone's work. And rewatching this and listening to Tony call this match actually showed me that you know my instincts originally were not correct. My instincts today are a little bit better. Well, so stuff, Tony Schiavone. What was it Shivani, Dusty, and who else? Who was commentating uh, for the pay per view? Yeah, it was here. it Tanay? Yeah, it might have been Tanay. Iron Mike, Iron Mike Tanay. Uh, Dusty is just Dusty, and Dusty is a commentator. See, Dusty, he won't do it. He doesn't seem like he does his uh, his research, so to speak. You know what I'm saying? He goes <laughs> yeah, in. Yeah. He says these two men, they they tonight is the night where they come together. It's been building for months, you know, and and then they're going to get going. They're going to battle for that title. And then who comes out is the man. And he just mm-hmm. kind of rambles, but it all makes sense eventually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Dusty's like a roller coaster. He mm-hmm. really is because it's like, and he's trying, he's trying. And all of a sudden it's just. Yeah. And, and you know, at, at first you're like, oh, God, Grandpa, are you going anywhere with this? And at the end you're like, okay, you're right. Yeah, okay, I get, I, get I get it. Love you, Dusty. But nonetheless, he does talk a lot of nonsense on commentary. And now, what is the worst match of the night? The oh, worst. Yeah. Buff Bagwell versus Lex Loser. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Buff Bagwell. Great joke, so witty. Yeah. So witty. Well, it's the 90s, so. Um,. And I'm just not used to Luger with long hair. Like, I know he had it for most of his career. Yeah, for me, that's tradition. I don't don't like him with short hair. That was weird to me. I guess he just looks weird nonetheless, either way. Um, Yeah. Buff seems like one of those guys. You know know what Lex Luger looks like? What? He looks like, oh, he looks like the real life Beta Ray Bill. Do you know who that is? No. It's that one guy that held Mjolnir uh, in Marvel Comics. The what? 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 Who okay, the what? There, there's like this anti-Thor, right? Okay. He's he's from a different planet or different universe or different planet, different planet, and uh, he has like a beak. Uh, please look him up, and you'll you'll see What's what I'm talking name? about. Beta Ray Bill. That guy was able to pick up uh, Thor's hammer, um, and he was a little bit more savage Thor, but he was worthy for some reason. Okay. Okay. Had the same uniform. He wasn't. He the, was, was like he the horse. Looks like a horse. He looks like yeah. This is the guy that looks like a horse. Okay. That's what Lex Luger looks like, like the human version of Beta Ray Bill. Um, so, okay. Sorry. sorry. I'm no, sorry. It's all good. It's all good. Bagwell, Bagwell seems like one of those guys who cares too much about his looks, and he cared more about his looks than he cared about his actual technique in the well, ring. It's because he was preparing for a career as a gigolo. Could be. Could be. Uh, <laughs> I wonder if he's still doing that. Probably not because he's yeah, been in the not. hospital a few times. Uh, Bagwell bumped for Luger just for spitting his gum at him. Uh, the two exchanged strikes, leading to Luger giving Bagwell a press slam. Bagwell is knocked to the outside, up the ramp. Uh, he's looking at, goes up to the ramp for Vincent. Bagwell gets up, back in the ring. Luger takes Luger takes over. Uh, this goes on for some time. There's a lot of headlocks in this match. I took a piss break in the middle of this. I don't know. Uh, NWO begin double teaming Luger. Of course they did. Uh, Bagwell would distract the ref while Vincent would choke Luger because, you know, Vincent, the vocal point of the NWO. 
Uh, fans are focusing on the right, chanting something into the crowd. And this is when I decided you should never, ever have wrestlers in the crowd the entire night. Mm-hmm. And this is why I think WCW or WWE, you know, remember at NXT TakeOver, they'll be like, oh my God, is that, that's EC3. And there'll be EC3 mm-hmm. rings. I'll be like, hey, what's up? Mm-hmm. He yeah. wouldn't be there all night. He'd be there for that shot. And then they'd walk them off. Mm-hmm. And the reason they don't do that is because of this. You know, people were paying too much of attention to the, the wrestlers in the crowd than they were to the wrestlers in the ring. Yeah. And you can tell these guys were getting pissed. You know what I mean? Hey, Alex Wright, what are you telling Mortis? Hey. Yeah. A German guy, what are you saying to Alex Wright? You know? Mm-hmm. So, uh, there's a power slam to a torture rack. Uh, the ref is out. Macho Man comes out to stop it. Low blow to Luger. Uh, but, uh, what was it? Like, he, like I don't know. Luger takes him, uh, takes Macho Man out. Like, he won't go down for that low blow. Uh, puts Macho... Like, it's like he came at hit the low blow and he wouldn't go down. Mm-hmm. And he puts Macho Man in the torture rack. And it's not until the former IWGP champion Scott Norton comes out, knocks out Luger with a studded belt, mm-hmm. which everyone's like, oh my God, that's Ric Flair's dog collar. Or not Ric Flair, but... Uh, Rick, Rick Steiner. It could have been Ric Flair. It could have been belonged to his dog. <laughs> it is Rick Steiner, here, right. Rick Steiner's dog collar. <laughs> um, but to me, it's... Like, I wonder, like, how, like, if this was all planned step by step. You know what I'm saying? Because I feel like Luger should have went down for that low blow. Yeah. And then Scott Norton, they were like, they just handed him the first thing that was near him. <laughs> no, like not even like it was just sitting there and they were like, here, oh, he left it. Go yeah. out and hit him with this. Where's Stevie Ray? We need to slap Jack. <laughs> Damn slapjacks. He's in the crowd. Yeah, exactly. He's, he's hey, in the front Stevie, row. Can I get that slapjack? He's like, oh, yeah. Um, so, he, uh, yeah. So, I don't know. Luger uh, gets beat by Bagwell. This is a horrible match. And I think, um, and when I talk about, like, this match being the worst match of the night, I do honestly believe this match was worse than Goldberg versus Mongo. And it's because Mongo versus Goldberg was at least entertaining, at least had mm-hmm. me watching. It at least... Those guys showed enthusiasm, whereas this match was a ton of headlocks and was a ton of yeah. bullshit. Yeah. You know? And then at the, and then for the finish, they just threw a whole bunch of spaghetti at the wall to see what stuck. Exactly. It, it was rough. It was rough. Uh, you know one thing that we glanced over that I know everyone that watched this match glanced over? What? Is, uh, do you remember what Lex Luger's uh, former finisher in WWF was? No. It was the bionic forearm. Oh, yeah. He had that metal plate in his forearm. Yeah. He used that move here and it got zero pop. Nobody remembered it. I remembered it. I was like, whoa, that's this is a finisher. Yeah. Well, it was treated just like a regular, he's regular using a torture rack. Now. Night. Yeah. Well, a torture rack always looked good. Mm. Even though you knew it didn't uh, hurt. Yeah. And uh Macho Man. And I can't forget like Havoc 96. And Luger was just like, and Luger had a weird match in that situation too, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, Where like yeah, yeah. he wouldn't like he wouldn't like give up after the bell rang, and then he was like putting the torture rack in, and it seemed really mm-hmm. weird. Yeah, and like he he didn't sell at all. Like he didn't sell losing at all. He just got right back up. Boop, boop, boop. Okay, 
I think there's a case of no cellitis going on in mm-hmm. WCW mm-hmm. at this time. When, yeah, yeah. When totally. one person does it, when the big dog does it, when the mm-hmm. big racist dog does it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, brother, I'm not gonna. It doesn't sound good, brother. So everyone does it. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. What did I say? This was a horrible match. And uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, the yeah, only thing no. good about it was the bullshit interference, uh, and that's when the best part of your match. It's what the fuck are you doing? Mm-hmm. So, um, next up, Diamond Dallas Page versus Kurt Henning. Potentially, can steal the show. Some would consider the match of the night. People enjoyed this match. It was a good match. Mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. think it was on par with Dean Malenko versus Eddie Guerrero, but hey. which is the which is the match of the night, unfortunately. So, um. I do love the lead up to this match at the pay-per-view or the Nitro before this where DDP cuts the the, the weirdest like promo. He's I have like, to watch it now. Jeez. Hey, he's like such a tease. He's like I'm a he like me, one thing you know about me, Diamond Dallas Page, I'm the Christmas guy and he just starts talking about Christmas. It's like someone <laughs> told him to go out there and said do a fucking promo on Christmas. He's like, and he shows no enthusiasm. He's like, I'm the Christmas guy. You ask me and my wife, our whole house is lit up. I'm like, <laughs> oh my God. okay. Well, it was, what was it? it? That Nitro should have been what? The 23rd? The 22nd, 23rd, right? Something like that, yeah. Well, this was the 29th. So six days prior, yeah. So before Christmas, yeah. and this was after Christmas. Starcade was after Christmas. Yeah, yeah, so it was like somebody had to talk about Christmas, right? It's true. Um, so Kurt Henning is also, he's like the least NWO member of the NWO. He doesn't rock the shirt. He rocks his own gear. He, he wears, he doesn't even wear, rock the colors. Mm-hmm. Like his, if he wore his, black and white, that music? Make sense. Was his music NWO? Yeah, he came out to NWO music. That's the okay. one thing. No, he came out in black and hot pink, I think, right? It was black and blue. Okay. Um, so Henning is working on the taped ribs of Diamond Dallas Page. They battle on the outside. Diamond Dallas Page is thrown into the stairs. And DDP's bandages had some sort of padding underneath, which yeah. Yeah. I thought was either A, his ribs were actually taped up, or B, like, hey, that's kind of smart to put some padding in there or something, because it makes it a little bit more believable. Yeah, no, he had some back issues back then. So this, that's is, before, why he, this is before yoga. This is before yoga. This is what led to the yoga. Yeah. Uh, Henning has the longest headlock on DDP. Uh, DDP is trying to get... Uh, the crowd to start chanting, but they are dead, focusing on the wrestlers in the crowd. Jawbreaker to Henning, back and forth strikes, leading to Henning being punched out of the ring. DDP uh, hits a plunge to the outside. They battle into the crowd, but just as far as the invisible walls of the video game let them. <laughs> That's a good line. <laughs> you know what I mean, though? Because, like, there was like games. I can't remember which ones it was, but like wrestling games now, you can like battle into the crowd and whatever. Yeah, yeah. But like at a certain point, the first time you can battle into the crowd, you'd only be able to go over the barrier for like this little section in the left, right? Yeah. You know, like in the four mm-hmm. corners. No, and then if you hit the, the run button, you just kind of run in place. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> then you you stop, and then Kane would hit you, and you're like, "Fuck!" Oh, come on. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, they battle into they battle into the crowd. Like I said, uh, wishbone to Henning. DDP goes for the diamond cutter, but Henning uh, would hold the rope. Uh, kind of looked like he hurt himself at that point. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. DDP went for the diamond cutter, and this was a lot of people did this reversal to the diamond cutter, and I hated it. Whereas the people would just hold the rope, and yeah. then DDP would fall, and it just looked like 
there was a mistimed issue or it looked like it was botched completely. You know yeah, what I'm saying? They would, they, would, they would use that for a lot of moves, like the, uh, the uh, DDT that people get out of that. that but way. yeah, just, just do the yeah. push them off. Yeah. You know? that, that, it looked better, too, doing that, just pushing off. And uh, DDP goes to the diamond cutter here himself, but then uh, then he does hit the diamond cutter and gets the pin. Diamond in the cutter out of nowhere. Diamond cutter out of nowhere. Uh, pin in the wind. DDP becomes the United States champion. And this is, that's the title. That's the title that was in my hands. Mm-hmm. That was the title. Like that, I, I when is Super Brawl? Because there's a Super Brawl coming up after that. I think it's Super Brawl it's- 8. Yeah, uh, sold out is next, and then uncensored, and then Super Brawl. So Super Brawl Eight took place. What did uncensored happen first? February twenty second, nineteen ninety eight. There you go. Mm-hmm. So mere months later, in San Francisco, yeah. DDP did a fucking. I mean, I think I've told this story before, but DDP did a autograph signing. It was I, you told it a long time ago. I yeah. wandered into the autograph signing before Super Brawl, and like they were like. He's like, picture? And I'm like, yeah. And he goes, where's your ticket? And I go, I don't have a ticket. And he's like, how much money you got? I was like, I only have like 10 bucks. And he's like, get up here, kid. <laughs> he still took my 10 bucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But he he gave, he let me hold the U.S. title, like hold Dope. it. And then he mm-hmm. held my head in the diamond cutter like, like Dope. that. And it, I, yeah. I, I so wish I had that picture still. It was yeah. so cool. Dude, I, I was such a DDP mark back then. Um, even when he was on that Vegas tip. Uh, I always liked him. Uh, I always knew he was kind of, you know, uh, uh, that self high five shit that he used to do. Yeah, <laughs> I used to love it. I was like, oh, this is better than uh, Barry Horowitz. He used I'm to doing it. Back. I'm doing it. See, look at self high five. Uh, is this a self high five or is this a self high five? This one. This one. Self high five. Okay. Um, DDP uh, walks yeah. out through the crowd. Yeah. One thing and I will he, say about he came DDP. out to that Nirvana uh, copycat music. Uh, one thing I'll say about DDP, DDP is something that not f- that very few wrestlers have. Dusty Rhodes had it. Diamond Dallas Page had it. John Moxley has it, and it's it's, it's realness. It's a connection with the fans. The fans look at that wrestler and they see themselves in them. You know that's what I, they I, saw hate the, Dusty. I hate the term, but it it, it holds true. It's the everyman. Yeah, and Moxley is the everyman nowadays. You yeah. Know? Mm-hmm. He, he's the guy that's been pushed around. He's pissed off. Uh, Diamond Dallas Page was the everyman at that point. You know, Stone Cold giving the finger to the boss. Exactly. We wish we were yeah. that guy. Yeah, I mean, we lived I'd, through this guy. I know Stone Cold like was the everyman, but I think Diamond Dallas had more of a connection with his fans than Stone Cold had with his. It's because he was more grounded. You know, yeah, Stone Cold he was, was more grounded more, but... in reality. Yeah, and you've seen this guy come up. You you know this guy is forty years old. You know. Earning his first title. Yeah. Yeah. Not like everybody else. You know, you've seen them as, you know, stunning this or Hollywood that. This guy has been pretty much the same dude since Jump. Yeah. And you knew he was a manager. You yeah. knew he just started to learn how to wrestle. And now he's finally getting his. Well, not, uh, not me. I mean, when he I paid his dues. When I was actually paying attention. Because, like, I watched wrestling as a kid, but I wasn't, like, as a little kid, I wasn't watching wrestling as, like, religiously and keeping up with it like I do now. Yeah. Back then it was just like, oh, it's on Saturday night, or oh, my cousin has a tape, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, my dad's gonna order a pay per view, so, um, so I don't remember Diamond Dallas Page as a manager. I do remember looking back and seeing it, but yeah, mm-hmm. I know what mm-hmm. you're saying, all that. Yeah, um, yeah, he was more grounded in reality, and you believed it more. Yeah, uh, this match was, eh, 
Um, it had a few brief moments of where I really, really liked it. I really like DDP. DDP has something, uh, like I said, few wrestlers have, and it's the believability. Um, yeah, sense of the real man is what I was trying to say. That's what I typed yeah. down. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up, our next match of the night, Eric Bischoff versus Larry Zabisco with Brett the Hitman Hart as the special guest referee. Well, I don't know if he's Brett the Hitman Hart. He's probably Brett the Sharpshooter Hart in this one. Yeah. Uh, did Dusty just call him a tweener? He said, listen, baby. Well, because Dusty, well, what's a tweener? And that's the thing. It's like, what is a tweener? I know everyone has a different explanation of what it is. To me, it's Scott Hall, Kevin Nash. They get super pop doing heel things. Yeah. They don't mean to be faces because they're the crowd favorite. Yeah. But they're walking that in-between line. Well, a lot of people were saying uh, Bret Hart would be walking that in-between line because the entire build for this, Eric Bischoff was promoting Bret Hart saying, oh, he's with us. He's going to join the NWO. There's nothing that can stop him or stop us because we are in control, Mm -hmm. as they say. And uh, so technically he was a tweener at this point because no one knew where Bret stood. You know, like he is Bret Hart and yeah, he is like Mr. Do-Gooder no matter what. Like okay, by that definition, then Sting before before Uncensored was a tweener. Yeah, because he didn't Sting never. Well, I don't want to say never, but for a long time, Sting didn't pick a side. He even came out with NWO one time. Yeah. And played the back. You know, he was, you know, playing the back, even received the NWO shirt, never put it on, but he walked out with it. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess, you know, sure. Um, <laughs> so I, okay, here it is. The tweener has two definitions, kayfabe and non-kayfabe. Yeah. Yeah. So one, a carny and a, a every man, <laughs> a, a fan definition. Um, so Larry Zabisco versus Eric Bischoff. Uh, Zabisco comes out to the WCW Nitro theme because he's defending <laughs> Nitro. I'm just like, all right. Yeah. Who created Larry Zabisco in the video game and gave him a, mm-hmm. they didn't have his theme available. So we gave him the nitro theme. Yeah. Uh, Larry has built his, he's built or um, he's sorry. He's not built. He's billed as having over 5,000 matches and as a two time world champion. Uh, Eric comes out in gee pants and no shirt, which <clears throat> not a good look. For okay. A uh, little background on Larry Zabisco. Good old Larry. When he was in the a- AWA, he was known as a martial artist and would come into the ring rocking nunchucks. Okay. He, it would have made more. It would have made a ton of sense if he brought those out to. Uh, I don't want to say or today. if Eric would have brought, brought them, them out, out to, to mock them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, th- that too. Yeah, you're right. And uh, of course, we know that Eric is uh, very fluent in the martial arts because of one Ernest the Cat Miller. Yeah. Teaching his kid and then teaching him. Uh, so um, Eric is playing cat and mouse with a Zabisco, you know, trying to strike and then run away. Eric finally uh, comes in contact with a kick to the head of Zabisco. Larry charges. Eric hits him with a series of strikes. Larry is rubbing Eric's face into the mat. Um, and then Brett just breaks it up, saying there was a five count violation, which shouldn't he just be DQ'd then? Well, no, you're forced to break them. Remember? No, One, no, no, two, no. three, four. Well, no, they break it, break it, break it. Yeah. Okay. No. I guess if they don't break it, then they're DQ'd. Yeah. Um, so he uh, he breaks up the um, he breaks up that. 
Yeah, he's more of an enforcer referee instead of your standard referees. Larry then has Eric in a sleeper, but Brett breaks that up uh, to, uh, like, I don't know. He breaks it up for some reason. Hey, bro, it's a choke. It's a choke. You're choking him. You're choking him. Larry then gets Eric down with a leg scissor takedown. Uh, he breaks up that hold as well, claiming it was an, elite, an illegal choke. Mm-hmm. So it's just like over and over, heel ref, heel ref, heel ref. So it's like, fuck, is he joining the NWO? Yeah. Um, we get a scoop slam to a standing figure four, which this is the first time I've ever seen a standing figure four. I mean, I've oh, probably a, seen it before. A, yeah, it's a very old move. Yeah, I, it was probably Super done before. Old. I feel mm-hmm. like Ric Flair's figure four, they're like, oh my God, a laying down figure four? That must hurt more. Oh my God. <laughs> um. So Brett is uh, yelling in the face of Larry. He's like, you've been wrestling for too long, Larry. You forgot the rules. <laughs> and uh, whereas Larry replies, I hate him. <laughs> I was come like, on. come on, let me go. Come on. He hates him, Brett. <laughs> that was such a 10 year old answer response. Uh, Brett, I hate him. Brett pulls Larry off of Eric again, allowing Eric to hit Larry with a, a hard kick to the head. Bischoff then takes over with so many strikes in the corner and it just starts going for two fucking listen match that lasted way too long. <clears throat> we get a suplex to Eric followed by a swinging neck breaker. Eric is put in the tree out. Whoa, but uh, Brett violently pulls Larry away and Scott Hall loads Eric's boot with some sort of metal plate or something. Eric goes for this kick with the thing in it. Cause he has like, these pads all over his feet. They're like martial arts pads. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and uh, what do you say? Scott Hall put a piece of metal in it. Eric Bischoff goes for this kick. The piece of metal goes flying into the crowd. Oh my God. Which I'm like, Oh, I, I hope, I hope somebody's okay. Hope everyone's all right. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Uh, so he goes for the kick. Metal goes flying. Eric is celebrating and Brett just looks like he's going to like raise his hand because apparently this match is just a ref's discretion match. Yeah. Because like Eric is just celebrating like he won. He knocked Larry out. And he's just like, yeah, I won. I won. <laughs> and I'm like, are you a fucking idiot? Like mm-hmm. hit him. Hit him. There's one thing you have to do in a wrestling match to win. And you haven't done it yet. So well, that's that's how cocky he is. He loaded boot with with my strong foot. I definitely knocked him out cold till yesterday. Uh, Eric is celebrating. Brett, Brett looks at him like he's going to raise his hand, but then uh, Brett strikes Eric Bischoff. Scott Hall charges Brett, um, but it gets put in the sharpshooter. Larry is choking Eric Bischoff uh, with uh, Eric's uh, boot, I believe. Oh, his bootstrap. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a sand. Remember. Um, like, remember when Justin Roberts was being choked by Daniel Bryan? Mm-hmm. It looked like that. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, he gets up, and then Brett just raises Larry Zabisco's hand. And yeah, this guy won. It was just, like, quiet, and everyone's like, Larry wins! Yeah! I, I guess by DQ? I guess. Maybe he saw the metal piece flying out of his foot, and he was like, oh, you're disqualified, bro. Uh, I don't know. Uh, hey, I never, I wanted to look it up. Let me see. Let's see. WCW. Uh, which pay-per-view was this again? I'm blanking. Starcade 97. Starcade 1997. Good. That's like the first thing when you put WCW pops up. <laughs> so let's see. Larry Zabisco. Singles. Oh, no. Defeated 
Oh, by disqualification, you're right. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So you were right. You know, and I got to give Eric Bischoff props. You know, uh, as bad as this match could have been, it wasn't. Mm. Yeah. I mean, it could, it it, it wasn't uh, Luger Buff Bagwell. Well, you know what it was? Better than that. It It had stakes. There were stakes involved and not, you know, chop steak. These were delicious steaks. It was WCW Nitro that they were fighting for. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. But, you know, I'll give Eric Bischoff his props. He didn't look out of place. Yeah. 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 <coughs> it could have uh, been so, a lot worse. So next up we have Sting versus Hulk Hogan for the World Heavyweight Championship. Um, so this is young Sting, and he comes out to the ring. Uh, through Looking the, great. Through the back... Okay, so see, this is where I have to, like, kind of disagree with you because yeah, yeah, a lot of people I, I've read and I've seen a lot of people say that he came in. Okay, according uh, to Eric Bischoff's words, he came in out of shape and without a tan. Now, whoa, whoa, whoa! Don't you want Sting without a tan? This mofo has been hanging out in the rafters. He hasn't been hanging out in Venice Beach. He's been following you guys around. I'll, I'll, I'll agree with the no the tan roof. thing. I'll agree with the no tan thing. As in, I agree with you on that. Yeah, because um, he is the crow character, so he shouldn't necessarily. He lurks in the night. He shouldn't have a tan. Yeah, yeah. But uh, he did now, like his arms, like his arms looked like this. You know what I mean? Like, uh, okay, I wouldn't say like that, but he didn't come in slimmer. And let's not forget, uh, maybe uh, when was the steroid trials? Maybe a year prior to this? Maybe know. two years before this? I don't know. The whole time, things been on the shelf. Yeah, this guy, you know, he, he probably got off the juice, man. Well, and, I mean, he's, and he's not throwing up three fifty five. It could be uh, the, they were in ninety four. This the is three years later. He's just spent man. he just spent eighteen months on the shelf. So uh, um, yeah, so okay, apparently. fine. So the guy the guy doesn't want to fucking take steroids anymore. So he lost a little bit of weight. Look at Hogan. He came in looking nothing like he looked like three years ago. Sting looked in like he had a swimmer's body, I would say. So they both come into the ring. Um, Hogan, uh, Hogan does say something to Nick Patrick at the beginning oh, of this match. Did okay. I I kind of wanted you to look at that. You know, he does say something. I mean, I don't that. know what he says. I I couldn't really you know figure it out. But he says something to him at the beginning of this match. Um, it's, it's definitely noticeable the first time watching. Um, and and so we'll get there. To, okay. I'll just to uh, to heighten the, the highlight this point that you're making. Hogan does say, "No, no, we're not doing that." Blah 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 blah. I don't know what he says afterwards. I wish I did, but he definitely. Uh, Nick Patrick asked him a question: "Are we doing this?" And Hogan said, "No, no." Please continue. Okay, so the seed is planted. Uh... He talks to Nick Patrick before the bell rings. Uh, Hogan is playing to the crowd as Hogan usually does because Hogan, uh, he wrestles the same as a face that he does as a heel. He oh, work, yeah. He works the Ever crowd. since the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he wrestles one match. Hogan takes over, beating down on Sting in the corner. Sting hits a dropkick to Hogan. Sting wearing down Hogan with a side headlock. We get a shoulder tackle to Sting. They battle on the outside. Sting is slammed. Onto the belt, uh, Hogan uses the bat on Sting in front of the ref uh, <laughs> in a world title match. <laughs> what? Okay, which okay, if it was supposed to be the heel ref thing, I get, but they weren't really. They didn't even bring it up. It's like yeah. sometimes, like they people just use weapons and they're like, "Oh shit, I wasn't supposed to do that." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just 
pretend like it didn't happen, guys. No, and you it's know, not it, like it, you know what it was in '97. They're like, it's not like there are like radio shows that review these from start to finish. <laughs> That'll never happen. It's just gonna be some lousy magazine. Exactly. Some newsletter. I mean, come on. Mm-hmm. So, um, and it makes sense that Hogan would do that because you know he's the heel and he's the bad. He gets disqualified. He keeps the title. Yeah. Done deal. But no, everybody just ignores it as it's uh, a punch. Hogan evades a stinger splash. Uh, Sting goes uh, into the barricade. Sting is crouched on the barricade. An atomic drop to Sting. We can, and then we get a big boot and a leg drop to Sting by Hulk Hogan. And the pin. And so he goes squash. down. It's a squash. Leg drop, pin, one, two, three. Clean, it's a squash. Clean finish. Clean and finish. And a squash. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. Uh, Sting. Um so it was supposed to be a fast count. Um, why Nick Patrick didn't do the fast. And it, it's confirmed that it was supposed to be a fast count. Mm-hmm. Eric Bischoff confirmed that Dave Meltzer's even reported that everyone has confirmed that this was supposed to be a fast count or else. Why is Bret Hart even out there to begin with? He tells Nick Patrick it was a fast count. Well, hold on. You know, like, you know, exactly. So, then, you know, it's like everyone's like, what's going on? What's happening? And before the bell rings, Bret Hart grabs the 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 bell and says, oh, oh, you know, listen, Seth Rollins, he's not a safe worker. But, you know, I'm not here for that. I'm here to say I'm not letting this happen again. You know, uh, he's here to say he's not going to let this happen again, which would make sense if Earl Hebner was there, too, or Dave mm-hmm. Hebner, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, can't mm-hmm. let this happen again. Um, So that begs the question, what was said between Nick Patrick and Hulk Hogan before the match? And why was that done? Me yeah. personally? Well, I mean, go on. Mm-hmm. What were you going to say? The whole story, as told by the internet to me, <laughs> during my you know many uh, research uh, sessions. Sit down, Jose. We have something to tell you. Hmm. So, uh, word around the campfire is that all day, there was negotiations going on between Hogan Bischoff and Sting, none of them in the same room together. Like it was all word of mouth, you know. Well, um, Sting doesn't want to do this. Well, Hogan doesn't want to do that. And and uh, Eric Bischoff was being negotiator, but at the same time, Eric Bischoff said these guys. He went on record. These guys are the talent. They're the wrestlers. They know what they're doing. We know that the finish is going to be Sting wins. Sting gets the title. He gets put over. How are we going to get there? I'm going to leave that up to the wrestlers, which is bullshit. Bull. We know that he's in Hulk's back pocket. And he's negotiating for Hogan the whole time. No one really knew what was going on. Oh, Bischoff? I'm telling you. Yeah. Eh. See, I, nobody... I, I, I agree with you about 90% of this, but I don't. I think there was just like Bischoff wanted one thing. And I think Hogan wanted his thing. Mm-hmm. And I think Sting was like, okay, are we going to do this storyline that was said to me? So it's three different things going on. And yeah, 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 100%. Everyone tried and, to get- and, and Sting also said, you know what? You guys figure it out. I'll do whatever you want me to do. Well, I They're think like, no, 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 Sting, you're, you're going to get fast counted. This is going to happen. This is going to happen. Okay, cool. Whatever you guys want to do, I'll do it. I'll do that. And all the interviews I saw, Sting was very agreeable. Now, do we know that for a fact? No. These guys, a lot of them could be prima donnas that we don't know about. Um, Hogan? I'm a huge... Hogan, really, Hogan, you think? 
I, I don't know huge, about that. I'm dude. a huge thing, Mark. So I'm I'm gonna yes thing, whatever you say. I believe. Um. So yeah, that that was the word. Uh, I think me personally that Nick Patrick was left in the dark for the longest. So when he got to the ring, he said, "Okay, so Hulk, we doing this fast count thing, right?" Hogan responds, "What? No, nah. We're 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 doing it legit, straight. Okay, that's what we're doing, and that's why we have the situation we have here." And that's why this fucking company is in the shape it is because of bullshit like this. Hey, bro. This is before the bro was there. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Uh, so, okay. So, Bret Hart. So, back to what was going on. Hogan gets the pin on Sting. Bret Hart stops the bell from ringing. He says, I'm not going to let this happen again. Uh, we get a Stinger splash to Hogan. NWO comes out. Sting is re-energized. You see that splash that he nails? He almost dives out of the ring. <laughs> uh, uh, NWO Sting fights off the NWO. Sting applies the Scorpion Deathlock while pointing at Brett, which I thought was kind of. Well, I thought that was a really cool moment. I, I'm not gonna mm-hmm. lie. I kind of was. I kind of smiled at that. I was like, that's that's pretty cool. Yeah. Shout out Brett. Check it out. Hogan like, taps out. Oh. For the for the record, I like the Scorpion Deathlock better than the Sharpshooter. Yeah. Because of the ease that it's applied in. Have you ever it's been put easier. in either of them? I have put my little brother in it. <laughs> I got put in the sharpshooter once and uh-huh. it was the most excruciating pain to my shins I've ever felt. Sharpshooter or the, the uh, sharpshooter. Death lock? or whatever. It's the same thing. Okay. No, no, no. It's different. I mean, I guess it's different well, as in like the lion tamer compared to the walls of Jericho, but it's not different as in like the lion tamer compared to the sharpshooter. Well, one's done goofy foot. Okay. If you're, yeah, if yeah, you're exactly. a skateboard fan, one's done goofy foot. And I think Brett's is done goofy foot. Yeah. Like Sting feels more natural to put somebody in. But okay, I digress. Uh, so Hogan taps out. We get the submission victory. We get a new WCW world champion. Sting wins the title. The entire WCW locker room comes out to celebrate. And me too. I was like, yeah. And for some reason, after what, 15 months of not saying a word, Sting yells into the camera, Mamacita! Okay, oh, was like, a little back, little backstory there. What? Remember, he's he's celebrating with everybody. He's mingling around the crowd. He makes his way to like Rey Mysterio and El Calo and you know Hector Garza, who, who, Hector Garza, whoever's there, and they're talking to him in Spanish. Ah, so staying excited, he he mumbles a whole bunch of shit. He's like, no, 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 but it's you know you couldn't get it because the mic didn't pick it up. But what the mic did pick up was him yelling, "Mamacita!" Oh my God, Sting, what are you doing? <laughs> Uh, so now, uh, yeah, see <laughs> what I wrote down as my, cause I did research after this, after we watched it and I was trying to write down like what I thought of this match before I did the research and I, it doesn't really apply now. So what I was going to say is that like, I thought Brett, see, I originally thought Brett screwed just by watching this, how it was portrayed. I thought Brett just screwed Hogan. Like mm-hmm. they were like, fuck the NWO. They got to get out of here anyways. By hook or crook. They, you know? oh, they cheat all the time. I'm cheating this By time. hook yeah. or crook, you know? Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and if it's a war, then I get that. You know what I mean? Totally get that. Like we got to win by any means necessary. Cool. But Bret Hart is also the guy like, he's like the boy scout of wrestling. Like mm-hmm. he's rarely ever going to cheat. No, he's a traditionalist guy. He's the, you know, skill over conniving ways. He's, yeah, I, I know what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. But he, he's a Mountie, not a Boy Scout. So yeah. 15 months. 18. Of build, 18 months? 18 months of build. 
Um, the one of the biggest title matches in probably the biggest title match in '90s WCW history. I will probably, say this. I is, will say in WCW history. I would say this is the biggest. Well, okay, not actual matches, but I would say this is the biggest build ever in all professional wrestling ever. Yeah. Yeah, I would, I would. There was no build like this. I mean, you can compare like Rock and Austin, but. I um, mean, yeah, that was cool. But what? nothing had the mystique of this. You know what I mean? You didn't hate. You really hated Hogan. You really, really hated him. Even if you were an NWO fan, you still hated Hogan. Everyone fucking hated Hogan, dude. Yeah, yeah. I told you my cousin when he found out Hogan joined the NWO as kids, he had one of those those like. Those like uh, those plush doll. Remember those ones? They were like pillows. The wrestle buddies. Wrestle yeah, buddies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Huh? He he found out Hogan turned heel. He ripped the head off. <laughs> he cut the head off. Oh my god! And I remember. Okay. I was like, ooh, he's not a fan anymore. But you that know, was. It, it, and I had a bunch of friends back then, right? That uh, you know, we're all friend. We're all you know wrestling fans when we were little tykes, but. I was like, yo, you guys gotta watch this new wrestling shit. It, Hogan is a bad guy, and wait, wait what? Hogan's a bad guy, and I brought a ton of people on board just with that sentence alone. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny. Like WCW, really, like wrestling became so popular, and I, I, I keep going back to the Nitro before, but they were doing. Remember those? Remember those contests where it was like, like, be featured on Nitro with your Nitro party. Remember Nitro yeah. parties were like a thing. Yeah, like yeah, colleges yeah. would all get together and they're like, oh, this guy, Ryan, Ryan Newman, you know, mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. Wichita, Kansas, he won this week. And it showed this like video of like 50 fucking college guys in a room watching a TV smaller than the one behind me, watching <laughs> yeah. one TV smaller than the one behind me in like Tube. A, in like a, you know, like one of those giant man, like a fraternity mansion or some shit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But uh it's just funny, like that kind of stuff. That's yeah. how popular it was. One guy dressed like Macho Man, another guy dressed like Snake. Yeah, exactly. So there's always a Macho Man. Do you notice that? Oh, there's always a Macho Man, dude. Oh, I love it. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's why I dressed like John Cena that one time. There you go. Anyways, that was uh, not Survivor Series. That was Starcade 1997. It is in the books. It is signed off on. So. Oh, and, and things get worse from there, ladies and gentlemen. The my, Monday Nitro to, that follows up is insane. Uh, the Thunder that follows this is it's the first insane. Thunder, right? Yeah, it's the first Thunder. Yeah. That is insane. Um, yeah, it, it. This is the moment WCW jumped the shark, pretty much. Yeah. Well, talk about things getting worse. It is now my turn to pick the pay per view for <laughs> January. January shows. One thing. One thing comes to mind, and that's my birthday. That's right, folks. <laughs> oh, what a tease. <laughs> I'm just going to pick one this month for the next month. Next okay. month, January Wait. 2022. We're Which gonna Rumble go, is it? We're going to go back 29 years to Royal Rumble 1993. Ooh. All right. Wait, right? Is, that the, is there I some hope highlights? that's the one. I hope that's the one. I, I, I the right one. Hold on. <laughs> oh, that was a good setup too, but yeah. it's all ruined because I'm a dork sometimes. Okay, Royal we Rumble. Do. Don't worry. Let's see. I think it's '93 because there was there there was some other ones I wanted to review, but I felt like 1993 was the best one because it took place 
in Northern California. That's right, from the Arco Arena in Sacramento, California. What? Royal Rumble 1993, Bret Hart versus, that's right, the Chico himself, Razor Ramon in the main oh. event. And this ties perfectly because uh, uh, Bret Hart does go into a program with uh, Scott Hall after this whole de- Starcade debacle. Yeah. All right. So it took place January 24th, 1993, but we will review it and have it for right. you. Any, any other little highlights you want to give? Any little teases? Oh, well, I'll say the Royal Rumble, this one, is huge. All right. And I hate that, like that because uh, yeah, if if you're teasing like Gigante Gonzalez, oh, no, I'm gonna hate you so much. No, 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 no. <laughs> Anyways, guys, that about does it here for us tonight. Uh, we might see you before the new year. I think we will. I think we'll have something up for the new year's. Looking back at the year of 2021, something <laughs> we'll figure out by then. But nonetheless, we're gonna get out of here for the day. For today, I'm Corey Smith. And we will see you next time. Have a wonderful day. Later.